0: Hello, and welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. Thanks for joining us.
1: If you've been around Oasis uh, for a, a few years, you'll know that in 2019 through to 2020, we started a series in the Book of John. Now, at this point, we're not now pressing play. Uh, to continue where we kind of stopped in March 2020. But rather, we're going to look at it through a lens of Jesus' invitation in John 10.10, where he says that he's come to bring life to you and to me, uh, whether we're in the room, whether we're online, whether we're watching at a different point, whether we know something of Jesus, when we think we know nothing of Jesus, that he's come in order that we could know life and life in full. And it's that that we want to look at, because as we continue in the book of John, what we're going to discover is John begins to paint a picture of what that life in full looks like.
0: Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they'll do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realise that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I won't say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave.
1: Okay, good morning, everyone. My name's Adrian. If you don't know me, uh, hopefully I'll get to know you by the end of our time together. A big welcome to everyone upstairs, a big welcome to everyone downstairs, and a big welcome to everyone online, as in this moment that we're living in, we have all of these different ways of connecting in. Um, thank you also to Joy, who I know is watching online. Thank you so much for reading to us uh, so well in terms of this passage. And before we look at this, I guess this morning, if you like, I think it's like a snapshot of just what life can look like, of having this like, moment of joy and celebration in terms of celebrating Ariella and dedicating her, and that joy of just like new life uh, being around us, new life that arrived in a pandemic, but also the the reality of us then taking time to think about people at this moment who are waking up to not being able to get out of their homes as they 're in fear of what 's going to be going on in their nation as we get to remember those that are in Ukraine as well as to think through those who are uh, in Russia as well and all around that surrounding area and it kind of becomes like a snapshot this morning of those kind of moments of, I think, like what life looks like uh, for each and every one of us, that life can be filled with moments that can sometimes feel a bit sporadic of joy and celebration, but also just moments of uncertainty. I don't know about you, but like the last couple of years, it's just felt like uncertain. Like you kind of wake up thinking, okay, what's going to happen today? You know, you look at it and think, well, we, we've lived and are living through a global pandemic. We then started last weekend thinking, I wonder what's going to happen in terms of Russia's buildup of troops on the Ukrainian borders, and then within the week, suddenly find that we're in a moment of war there, and the implications of which are kind of far-reaching, potentially. And depending on what news channels you listen to, it's kind of like, where is this going to go, and what's it going to mean? And think in terms of the UK and the uncertainty we're living with in terms of daily often, in terms of the economy and the cost of living. And the reality is that life is uncertain. But also the reality is that Jesus, when he comes to say, I want to come and give you life in full, is not shying away from the moments that we live in like this, moments where we can know, moments of celebration and joy, but moments also of uncertainty. And actually, it's into that context that Jesus wants to bring us life in full. Maybe we're around this morning and we're just trying to figure out, well, like, what is this all about? Like, who is Jesus? What has this got to do with my life? And my hope is this morning you'll get to see something more of how who Jesus is speaks life into every and any situation. But for many of us, we'd say, well, no, we're those that have centered our lives on Jesus. And I want us to see that, actually, in centering our life on Jesus, it speaks into moments that we're living through just like this today. See, in these verses that Joy so excellently read out to us from John chapter 14, where John's giving this account of Jesus's life. Actually, what Jesus does in revealing something more of the life that he offers in full is he points to how we can know life in uncertainty. And it's that that I want to zoom in on. You See, this life in uncertainty is within a moment where Jesus reveals some big themes, some big themes that John kind of like points to, and we haven't got time today to look at these big themes, and you'd be very thankful for that, because if we would start to look at the big themes, we'd be here for hours, which at that point, everyone's going to be like, I'm out of here. What I encourage you to do is like look over the coming week at this chapter, at some of these big themes. You see, there's the big theme of the oneness of God, that God is Father, Son, and Spirit. There's a big theme of Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is only one way to know the Father, and that is Jesus. There's the big theme of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. There's a big theme of the relationship between love and obedience, and how that continuously mingles in a cycle between the two. I believe with the backdrop of everything we're living with today, rather than zooming in, on any of these big themes, I want us to see that actually the wonder of what Jesus is revealing, the wonder of what John is pointing to, actually is within a context of where Jesus is seeking to bring comfort to his friends and his disciples. See, it isn't him giving a lesson in theology, it's actually him bringing comfort to his friends. See, if we were to look back just a little bit, we'd find that Jesus has just spoken of the fact that he's going to die. He will rise again, but they don't know what he's talking about at this point. And in it, these words that Jesus is speaking through, the verses that Joy has read out, are actually Jesus kind of trying to bring some comfort to them to make sense of everything that they're then going to see over the coming days of him being arrested him dying on a cross, him then being resurrected, and then him going to be with the Father again. And Jesus is using these words in this moment to bring comfort to them, not only as they endure all that's going to happen in this week, but how they go on to live with him at the center of their lives, throughout their lives, with him no longer being present amongst them in the way that he has been. And what Jesus does to bring comfort I believe within this chapter is he points to the fact that they're those that now are going to belong. They're those that are going to know dwelling. And they're those that are going to know peace. And that comfort that Jesus brings, these friends of his, is the comfort that Jesus offers you and I today. That within the backdrop of the scenarios that we're facing, the uncertainty that we can look around in the world and turn a news channel on and think, oh man, that? Or maybe it's not the global, maybe it's just the micro of what's going on in our lives. Maybe it's the diagnosis we've suddenly found we've got. Maybe it's a relationship and where that's heading. And we suddenly think like, how am I to deal with this? And what we discover is the life that Jesus offers is a life of comfort a comfort that is found in belonging, in dwelling, and peace. So firstly, then, belonging. There's something in being human where we need to belong. Now, at this point, you'd be like, no, no, I'm okay with myself. Do you know that feeling when you walk into a room and you just think, man, these are my people, do you ever have that? You, it, maybe you've hung out for a long time and it's just like you know you belong to that group. Maybe it's you arrive somewhere and you've never met them before. And then suddenly you realize hey, they get me. They get what I'm about. They kind of are into this niche thing that I'm into. Do you, you know, all of you at that point are thinking, I, I know that niche thing I'm into, but I didn't want anyone else to know that. I don't know what it is for you. Like, what I'm into at the moment is Norwegian detective dramas. Like, I I love, like, occasionally I stumble across someone, and they're like, yeah, don't you like that dark noir? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And it's like, oh, this is my person. See, that thing in us, that need to belong is God-given. And Jesus understands that. He longs for us to know that we can belong in the greatest sense See, what Jesus does through his life, death, and resurrection is he makes a way for us to belong to God's eternal family, the family of God, the family of Father, Son, and Spirit. And Jesus makes a way for us to belong to that family, and he reveals it in a most amazing way. So he says, isn't that you belong to this family as outsiders, but rather as insiders, and he says this mind-bending phrase, or he says in verse 20 of chapter 14, when I'm raised to life again, after his death on the cross, raised to life, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Like, we haven't got time. That's, I'm sorry. If you're there going, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what that's talking about. Really? Like that's, that's like a mind-bending mystery verse that we could spend the rest of our lives on this planet contemplating what that means. And I wonder if that's what we're being invited to do. Of Jesus saying, I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. That's the belonging that Jesus is speaking about a profound belonging that isn't as outsiders looking in, but as insiders as is now part of this family of God, of Father, Son, and Spirit, that we're in it. This is something that Jesus continued to point to. See, if we were to read on in the account of John, we'd find in chapter 20 that after Jesus is resurrected, he kind of sends a message to his friends and says, I'm about to go to my father and your father. It's like, hey, what I said is true. We're now belonging to this family together. We find that John himself, as he gets to grasp what this looks like, is forever changed. So we find that in letter he later writes in the New Testament, it's his first one, and therefore it's called 1 John. Um, there you go, very original. So 1 John 3 1, it says this See how very much our Father loves us. That love revealed that he's just spoken of for some time is revealed through Jesus' life and death and resurrection. He says, see how very much our Father has loved us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. Jesus comes to bring comfort to his friends. He comes to bring comfort to us by saying we now belong. We're part of the family of God. And that therefore means that we get to know that we get to live a life where we're loved and delighted in by the Father and Son. Just as they have loved and delighted in each other through the Spirit for eternity. Like that's a big love and delight. That what now is for us, is being towards us. Belonging means that we get to know that we're known and that we can know that God isn't one who's seeking to hide himself, but rather one who wants to know that he fully knows you and he fully knows me, and he loves and accepts us and longs for us to know that he not only knows us, but wants us to know him as Father, Son, and Spirit. It's a belonging that is unending. It's a belonging that causes us to live in the good of God's unfailing love and goodness. Which means that we get to live lives that are obedient to him, not thinking, oh, this is oppression, but rather this is liberation. So firstly, Jesus says that he comes to bring life in uncertainty through the comfort of belonging. Secondly, it's through dwelling. In verse 23, Jesus says this We will come and make our home with each of them. Jesus says that the Father, Son, and Spirit are going to come and make their home in any and everyone who center their lives on Jesus. It's not like a might do, it's not like for the special ones, it's not for anyone and everyone. Like that, God Himself is going to come and dwell. And in it, you find this like snapshot of how uh, this mind blowing being kind of comes into being within us, of saying, like, the Spirit's going to come and dwell in you. But the Spirit being dwelling in you means that actually the Father and Son are making home in you. And I think it's really important that we see that word home because it speaks of dwelling. It speaks of permanency. You see, home is a place of shelter that's for our good. Like we know the difference between somewhere we're staying and somewhere that's a home. Like we know that, don't we? Like. I can think of like places I've stayed, and they were really nice. I can think of very nice hotels that I've stayed in. I think, man, this is amazing. I can think of very dodgy places I've stayed in and thought, I'm glad to be escaping this. But the reality is that anywhere that I've stayed is so different to my home, which, as my kids have said, I'm not allowed to give out the address anymore. Um, but you all know where it is. Um, if you don't, come and see me afterwards, and I'll tell you. But um, My home is somewhere where I know it provides me shelter, but it also does me good being there. And that's what Jesus is saying happens when the Spirit comes and dwells within us, that the Father and Son make their home within us. Isn't that we have to go somewhere, it's rather that we have to remember that someone is with us. See, that home is there, that is For our shelter is for our good. It speaks of permanency. That God isn't moving out. He's made his home in you. But also speaks of something that's there to do us good. You see, later on a different writer in the Bible is going to be inspired by God to reveal something of what it looks like for the Holy Spirit to bring his life into our lives and it is given this jazzy name of fruit but in it what it's saying is this is what it looks like when that home is within you of how that home is characterized and what the writer paul says is that characterizing of home is one of love of joy of peace of patience of kindness of goodness of faithfulness of gentleness and self-control wow, I I don't know what else to say, like, wow, that I get to know a home within me. Like, there are channels on TV, there are whole series on Netflix that are designed and dedicated to say how you can make your home somewhere where others want to be. I don't know, strip everything out, paint everything white, do loads of stuff in there that makes it all cozy, do nothing in there makes it feel bare, whatever it is, but here we find out the key isn't outside, it's inside. Where we get to know a home that is characterized by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, that then gets to shape everything of how we live. You see, knowing there's comfort in dwelling means that we're not alone. Whatever the circumstances you or I are facing, it's never alone. God is with us. We get to know the reality of the fact that God is at home in us. He's not going anywhere and what that home looks like and how it then gets to shape everything of who we are. Then, if you like, becomes a marker. Is the home within is never the final destination. The home within is like a down payment of what is to come. Everything we looked at last week of the best is yet to be. That one day Jesus is going to fill the whole of the cosmos with the wonder of the home that He's put inside of us, in order that it's not something that we dwells within, it's rather that we dwell within that one day this whole earth will be made new and will be filled with his unfailing love and goodness. So it's about belonging. It's about dwelling. And then finally, it's about peace. Verse 27, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. The peace that Jesus is speaking of isn't just the absence of conflict. It's about wholeness. It's about all that's fractured and broken being whole, whole within, whole around. See, Jesus says this isn't something you've got to work at. You know, so often we think, how can I find peace? What do I need to do to gain peace? And Jesus, like, changes the whole game I says, no, no, no. You're never going to find it. You're never going to gain it. You just need to receive it. This is a gift, a gift that I and I alone can give you, a peace where we get to know wholeness. And that wholeness, like, then shapes our past because suddenly it causes us to know wholeness in terms of what's happened in our life where we can know forgiveness and acceptance and love, both through what we've done, but also what's been done to us, in order that we can know, oh, we know wholeness there. It's also in terms of our presence, our presence of wholeness now, of how we encounter this fractured world and the fracturedness within ourselves in that Jesus longs to come and cause his unfailing goodness and love to bring wholeness into our situations but it's also in terms of our future. So what it does is it says, actually this peace that's a gift is a peace that is about wholeness that one day promises the whole of this cosmos will be whole. The wars and rumors of wars is not the end of the story. When Jesus rose again, he promised a different end, an end where the Prince of Peace, which is one of the names he's given, gets the final say where he brings wholeness to everything and everyone. Therefore even on in or even in moments like this we get to know life in full, a life in uncertainty. A life that's about belonging, a life that's about dwelling, and a life that's about peace. And therefore, the question we're left with is like, are we going to receive it? Like maybe we've never realized that that's what's on offer in terms of Jesus. We always thought, oh, it's a list of things you've got to do, rather than a life that you get to gain. Maybe today is like, Jesus, I want in. I want to receive this life. Like for many of us, we say we've received it, and maybe for us today is about knowing more of it, being shaped more by it. I say I'm not going to allow what's going on outside to dictate the comfort that I know. Brother Jesus, I allow the wonder of the life that you give me to shape everything of how I live, of knowing I'm one now who's belonging, where you're dwelling within that I get to know peace. And therefore, I'm just gonna pray for us, pray for us if that's okay. Uh, And then I think I'll probably hand over to Rich just to give him a heads up. And we'll probably be done for this morning, as I think we've sat here long enough. So I just wonder where you are. Just If you want to close your eyes. We close our eyes not as a way of seeing holy. We close our eyes just so we don't get distracted. And just if you feel comfortable, just with your eyes closed, I just want to pray for us. Jesus, I thank you that you speak life into the world that we're living in. Jesus, that you speak life into our uncertainty. And Jesus, I want to pray for those of us who are still trying to work out like who you are. I pray, would you cause us to see more of you? I pray, Jesus, would you cause us to know that the questions we have, you want us to ask. I pray, God, for those of us who are feeling like actually I need this life, Jesus. I want to receive you. I pray in this moment, I just ask, would you cause us to know that it's as simple as just that of saying, I receive you, Jesus. And God, I want to pray for many of us who've said, yeah, we've received you, Jesus, but we want to know and be shaped more by the life you offer. And I want to pray for us, Jesus, and I pray, would we live daily within all the uncertainty of knowing the wonder of what it is to belong of knowing the beauty of the fact that you dwell within us and i know just this marvelous fact that you offer us peace and i pray as we live knowing more of that i pray would we show it more to those we come into contact with in order that they too can get to know the comfort you bring, a life in uncertainty, amen.